Okay. Hey, recording. Brian, start it. Yeah. Good. Good evening. Uh, welcome to a conversation with Burhan broadcast. You know, we have tonight young guy Dale Gerald who won District Two, if you know, twenty fifth. Who was an amazing young guy who did an amazing job for many many issues. You know, um, um, somebody who I look at him and would do a lot of stuff for the district. You know, so somebody that a lot of people related to him his his challenges, things that he done the community. He's very involved in many diverse communities in Central Ohio. Want to welcome him tonight and talk about the voting issues, the voting and, and get out of the vote message. And also talks about other issues that um, uh, on the line on the voting and also his platform 25th district. You know, we know that David is a young guy, bright guy, wants to do a lot of things in the community. So make sure everybody help him. So then Davis, welcome to our channel, uh, broadcast for uh, Thank you for having me. And just those who doesn't know you, just explain who is Don David generally. Yeah, so you know, I, in three words, I, I, I say I'm a fighter. I'm, I'm resilient, and I'm an innovator. Um, you know, originally from Cleveland, Ohio, um, and you know, all my life I knew that I wanted to get into some sort of public service. Um, you know, even in college when I was doing uh, work to bridge the divide between our minority students and and uh, opportunities for success in college. You know, it was just something that was just a passion of mine. And so when the opportunity came, I had to, you know, decide between furthering my education in law school or uh, you know, going and getting a job or getting some sort of uh, their training and happened to stumble upon a program called the Legislative Service Commission Fellowship. And that is a 13 month program uh, working in the state house where uh, really you are at the pulse of state policy. Um, and I thought that was a really cool idea. Um, I've never been to the state house necessarily. And, uh, and so I applied and uh, it was the last day. It was the last day that I had to apply. So I was like, please let me get this position, at least get an interview. If I get an interview, I'm in. Um, sure enough, three interviews later, I did become one of the 24 fellows that were selected that year in 2010 to be a fellow in 2011. And so packed my bags from Cleveland, moved to Columbus in 2011. Uh, where I worked on a myriad of different issues, ranging from bedbug legislation to school bullying policies to uh, working on, uh, there was a big bill moving through the house in 2011 uh, called Senate Bill 5, which was the anti-collective bargaining bill that did pass uh, the General Assembly, but it was, uh, 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 there was a referendum on it um, by the people, and we are the majority and, uh, and there, I really saw firsthand the power of organization, power of collective, uh, uh, using our collective voices to uh, say that we were against something such as SB5. And so, um, you know, just, there was just so many things that just, you know, I learned in that process. Um, after I left the state house, I wanted to continue to further my, my pursuit to helping policy. And then uh, really just fell in love with working on mental health and addiction policy, partly because it was personal, but also because it was an opportunity to really do some innovative things that haven't been done before. And so for that about eight years of my life, I spent working on public policy related to mental health and addiction, traveled to every corner of the state, uh, working with our Appalachian communities, our rural communities, our urban communities, uh, to make sure that we're building connectivity to treatment, uh, prevention, and recovery support services so families can thrive. And so um, during that time, I ran for office in 2016. I uh, did not uh, win. I, I lost. I was the second highest vote getter. Lost about 1,500 votes. And uh, there I learned a lot about myself and about campaigning. And 
how important it was to connect with all of our neighborhoods across this beautiful district. And uh, so after I lost, but I kept, I kept just staying, I stayed in the community. I didn't leave, um, kept building relationships, kept networking, kept, kept creating space for young people to be a part of the political movement. And uh, when the opportunity presented itself again in 2020, um, I told myself I was going to do my due diligence to run again and, and run hard. And, you know, and I was very fortunate and honored in the five-way primary. I took away, walked away with 43% of the vote. And, uh, you know, it, it really is an honor to uh, rep be represented or be to for the constituents to, to vote for me uh, to be their representative in the state house. And I'm just really excited about what is to come where I'm taking their voices with me into the people's house where we can build innovative policies that really meet people where they are. And so that, that, that's, that's well said. And really it was great, you know, um, campaign and really wonderful that you break it, bringing people together and emphasizing the district. You stay attached because what we see a lot of politicians, you know, when, when they lost or whatever happened, they disappeared, you know, you stayed, right. you're, you're involved, you helped also, Ohio, one of the largest activities of soccer tournament in Somali community in Central Ohio. You invested, you helped. So that shows a, a diversity of the state. You always connected, bring people together, addressing common issues that all of us, we needed, you know. So we appreciate it for your dedication and uh, for your time. Um, so we know um, uh, District 25th, you know, um, um, has a lot of challenges, you know, and uh, um, uh, many issues. So the question a lot of people are asking is, you know, uh, the crime, for example, you know, um, um, homelessness, you know, uh, police brutality, you know. So in your sense, Senate State Legislature, how are you going to see those um, young ones and everybody across the board? You know, you know myself, I have a 16-year-old son, you know, who is really now going to his uh, livelihood uh, uh, profiling, you know, uh, somebody who's black, who's, you know, being picked up easily. And we know policing is becoming big issues in terms of our district. So what's your thought on those issues as well as what's happening um, across the board, rallying all those uh, police brutality, inequality we're seeing across the board? How long we got, Burhan? You trying to make me a... <laughs> no, this is great. I, I love this question uh, because it is, one, it's multifaceted and it really is uh, salient to the current issues that are impacting our communities. Um, I'm gonna try to break it down a little bit. Um, so let's let's address housing first, right? And then we'll kind of keep going. Uh, I believe that every family should have affordable housing, period, right? And unfortunately, what has taken place, particularly in the district, uh, six people a day are evicted. And that was prior to COVID, right? So our district already had a high number of uh, of, of addictions. Mm -hmm. And so in the state house, one of the things that I think is important, and I actually ran on a housing platform. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember, and I talked yeah. about the need for affordable housing. I talked about the need to ensure that families who paid their, um, meaning paid their entire mortgage off, mm -hmm. um, they don't have a mortgage, all the thing they're paying is their property taxes, uh, should not be at risk of losing their home because of the increase in property taxes. Um, we should be talking about the fact that Families should not, you know, innovators shouldn't have a scarlet letter on their name just because they had one eviction when they were 19 or 20 years old. Mm -hmm. um, in light of the evictions that are happening due to COVID, right, these evictions should not be a permanent record on a, someone's, um, someone's life. And so mm -hmm. in the state house, there's a couple of things that I would like to do. One, 
we need to have a real honest conversation about property taxes. What does that look like to support families who've lived in those communities for 20, 30 plus years? Mm -hmm. And how do we, at, at some level, even as our economy grows in Columbus and housing market grows and the demand for housing in Columbus grows, how do we protect our older Ohioans who've lived in these neighborhoods, these beautiful neighborhoods in the 25th house district and across the state um, from losing their home because of the demand on their own housing and on housing market in Columbus? Um, how do we make sure that you know, a, an eviction is not a sentence that precludes families from accessing affordable housing. Um, so those are the two things that I really want to address when I get into the state house working with my colleagues. When it comes to the violence in the community, I think this multifaceted. Uh, I was reading an article and I mentioned this the, uh, earlier this week. Um, shout out to President Harden. You know, he's been doing a lot of work um, to really address these issues at the local level through city council. Uh, but he was speaking to a young person who asked, he asked, what would it take for you to get off the street? And he said, a 20 hour, the person who he, he was asking the question to, the young person <laughs> responded with, I need a $20 hour job, mm -hmm. right? And so my district has Easton, has the airport, mm -hmm. has all of these amazing business businesses in the district. And yet there is a true disconnect between the careers that are available in the district and in Central Ohio and the residents that live in the 25th House District. And so as a state representative, it is, it is important for me to bridge that divide. And what does that mean? That means we gotta do some, there's some tradition, we gotta go, um, not, we have to be unique in our engagement strategy um, in providing access to these opportunities for our young people. Um, what does that mean you know, when, what does it mean to have, you know, to, to bring our unions into the hood, right, into the streets, to talk about opportunities to our young people so that they know you don't have to have a college degree to, to start a journey, to become an apprentice for a trade, right? You can start making $30,000, dollars $50,000 as an apprentice, learning the skills, become a journeyman, and then now you're in the process of creating a sustainable life for you and your family, right? Um, making money that you, you know, that we've all wanted to have, you know, have growing up. I, you know, I come from a home that, you know, that we struggled as well. And so, you know, I understand those, 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 those the, the struggles of our, of our communities and of my neighbors. And so how do I be a bridge to provide job opportunities for our young people um, so that they can see that they can be off the street, that we can get them that 20 hour job that folks are asking them for, um, that we can provide them with opportunities um, and then really address some of those other um, issues like poverty, right? In our communities that we know is real, right? People wanna be able to pay bills. They wanna be able to pay their mother's cell phone bill or their on their Wi-Fi, you know, in their home, right? And if, they don't, if those opportunities aren't available, um, unfortunately, it just leads to um, uh, 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 situations where, you know, our young people are more at risk to um, violence and other issues in our communities. And so jobs, jobs, jobs is going to be so important for me as a representative um, to really just make sure that we're building that type of connectivity that our community members deserve. Um, I mean, I can keep going. You want me to keep going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's a lot. I mean, I mean, to be honest with you, yeah. you, you had it's multifaceted, uh, multifascinating, yeah. you know, going on. So go ahead. 
Uh, uh, thank you for uh, Dennis Chung for your, uh, as the president of District 25th. I really like it to see you today. Uh, welcome to our podcast in Somali American engagement here. I've been working for alongside with Burhan for a long, long time. And I'm amazing that you are actually winning, winning, you know what I mean? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and and uh, one of the things I would like to see is that uh, you're working on right now is jobs, jobs, jobs. That is the most yeah. important issue now. Yeah. Uh, I used to work with uh, in home care setting, and I do see a lot of uh, caregivers have been paid by $11 or $10. Yeah. It's yeah. Way, too, way too long, you know, to support their families. And I, it's hurting me because I was hiring a lot of people in our Columbus, Ohio, and they're working loved ones, staying home, providing personal care, and they could pay for a ten dollars an hour. That's not a, a something he can support his family and the rest of his family. And I can, I can, I can see that. Um, I was trying to think about also uh, minimum wage, you know, instead of higher. Yes. That you, you know, they should have been paying fifteen dollars an hour. Yeah, you know I mean, I agree. And 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 other things I've been seeing working for in-home setting and home care business is that. Uh, a lot of our folks in African Americans actually have a criminal history. I mean, what, what, what mm -hmm. findings, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's not a, something can stop them to work, but they can have a minor traffic offenses, things like that. Mm -hmm. So we, mm -hmm. we need somebody to work through these issues about, you know, like he has energetic um, set of representative to work through with it. You know, we cannot stop a person to apply a job simply because he had a simple uh, Mr. Dimmer or simple yeah. traffic offenses. Uh, that's the things I would like to put your issue to work through with it. You know, thank you for coming again, and I would like to see you be working, and I would like to see you be winning. You know what I mean? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You know, to a couple of points, I definitely agree. I think we should have a fifteen dollar an hour job. I mean, a, a, a wage. Um, you know, and that's just a starting point. You know, I think we should really be looking at. What does the living wage in Columbus really look like? Because that number, the fifteen dollars, is actually not the right number. You know, it should be much higher mm -hmm. um, when you look at a living wage in Columbus. Um, you know, to the point about you know uh, uh, individuals having a uh, a record, you know, um, or restored citizens. You know, I, I do agree that is it is absolutely important that someone's record does not preclude them from opportunities to. Uh, you know, put food on the table for their family members. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, it is also equally important that our community, that our businesses recognize second chance initiatives. And so for second chance initiatives are uh, those, you know, let's say a person smokes weed, right? Marijuana. And they test positive and drug screening, you know, they pass every single metric of the job interview until the drug screening and then they test positive for marijuana. Typically what happens for those individuals is that they get let go. They, they, they lose the opportunity to gain that job, even though they were qualified to do it. Um, and so one of the things about second chance initiatives is instead of letting that person go, right, putting that person through a program that helps them um, uh, uh, get clean so that they can get the job. Right. Yes. And, and, and so those are the, the, the types of innovative conversations I would like to have, um, not just in the district, but across Ohio. Um, and those are the types of opportunities that really get to the heart of what we're seeing in our neighborhoods across this district and across Ohio. Families just want a shot and people just want a shot. Right. And so how do we yes. remove the barriers that are in their way um, so that they can 
provide for their families and become their best selves. Um, that is kind of the, the, you know, my eight years working in behavioral health really exposed me to the tentacles of life, if you will, because everything that is, everything touches mental health and addiction, whether it's education, job opportunities, wow. uh, whether it's violence, everything touches it because at some point or another, we can talk about trauma, uh, we can talk about family history. And and so I utilize my, 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 my time working in behavioral health to really have a better understanding of the multifaceted realities that families and individuals go through. And yeah, that one situation should not preclude someone from getting to getting a good paying job. It should not. We know that it does. We know we can change it. And that's partly why I ran so that we can really have these bold conversations about the inequities that are in our policies currently and how it impacts people, right. particularly people who are black and brown. And so, um, and so those are the types of, that's why I'm running, you know, to really yes. be an investigator and just say, look, this is not right. Um, you know, these policies are inherently unjust and they are unfortunately putting more damage in our communities than helping. So how do we, we need to change them and then build into coalitions to change those laws for the better. Thank you. Well said. Thank you. Thank you, Dan Davis, because, you know, as we speaking, this issue 24 is on the line as well. Yeah which is in Adamech, you know, really does a lot of agencies that deals with a lot of mental health issues. And we know yeah. a lot of uh, people of color facing a lot of uh, anxiety, especially COVID-19, you know, uh, lockdown, you know, and, and inequality, you know, um, I want to make sure folks are listening. Please, you know, vote that issue 24 because it's so important because we all know we have a family, friends, you know, loved ones, you know, across the board, people that we know dealing with all this stuff and is the largest you know, a focus that facing all those mental health people of color. So please, Absolutely. you know, uh, as a human, you know, every human are dealing with this addiction one way or another, um, uh, this issue. So please, you know, um, aware of them and vote this issue because it's all about the resource. Because of without resource, no one can do anything. So please uh, vote those issues as well, you know. And I just want to say, Dan uh, Davis, um, um, economic um, um, recovery that we see large, largely uh, Franklin County, especially uh, uh, District 25th, there were a lot of uh, um, uh, 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 disconnected uh, previous SUD um, uh, uh, represents, you know, uh, uh, disconnected uh, in terms of engaging on uh, large diversities in the district and also in mm -hmm. general district neglect. Mm -hmm. So what do you right. thought on this and having sitting that seed and, you know, coming back to the focus of as a different issues, you, you, I know your office always open the community and really wants to do a good job and really reach out. So we know uh, previous, you know, uh, we didn't have, you know, um, uh, uh, connected, you know, as we expected having. When yeah. you talked on this office, what's your takeaway? Yeah, so so in, in terms of just engagement, you know, I, I, I truly do believe a better Ohio starts with all of us. Um, and if we're going to build a district where no one is unseen, unheard, or uninspired, it requires all of us to be at the table. I mean, yes. full stop. Like that is what we have to do. And so, um, in my engagement, you know, I have a very vibrant, very vibrant uh, engagement strategy. Um, you know, one, I've been everywhere already, right? And I say that, you know, not to be, you know, boastful or anything, but I, I say that because it was necessary, right? It was necessary that when people are asking you to be and show up to places, that you show up for people, right? And as a representative, that is your job. 
right? Your job is to be there right. for people mm-hmm. um, and, and, and to do everything you can to support them. You know, look, I am one person in one position of power and leadership, and there are um, so many issues that, yeah. that are going to come through my desk, you know, um, and, and, and I, but I also do believe it is equally important that while I'm at these places and, and having these conversations, I bring people into my space, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm gonna need their help, right? Let's talk about, I can't, you know, while I am, I may introduce a bill that may impact the Somali community in a positive way, but if no one comes to yeah. talk about how this bill will be impactful for their lives and for their families, then people are going to naturally assume that it wasn't important. Mm-hmm. Right. And so right. me being there is not just for the, 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 just to be there, right. It's there to yeah. build relationships so that when there are points of contention or points of, of opportunity, right. I know who to call on so that I can make sure the people's voice is with me in those chambers. Mm-hmm. Right. That is why I think it's so important to be where, you know, where the people are, to meet people where they are, to engage, um, to build relationships, because this work is not easy. And it's going to take all of us to move the type of policies that we want to see forward. Mm -hmm. And plus, there's going to be policies that aren't going to be good for our communities that are mm-hmm. going to be pushed by other, by whether it's Republicans, most of it's going to be Republicans, but from the other side. So how, we, we need to be equally ready to mobilize against bad policies as we are ready to mobilize around good policy. And to do that, it requires relationships. It requires trust. It requires um, honesty and authentic connection. And so those are the types of, uh, that's the type of engagement that I'm going to bring um, because I need you, um, and, and, you know, and it's necessary that your voice is with me at the state house. Thank you. Yeah, that, that, that well said, you know, um, you know, because, you know, you really uh, showing uh, Evan, you know, um, we know a lot of our elected officials, you know, experience, you know, like a lot of them, they yeah. never had that invested in neighborhoods and communities they are representing, you know, because you have done so much stuff, knowing you for many, many years, you invested, you've been there, you've been every time engaging, making uh, uh, less do things and make an impact in neighborhoods and communities. And you amazing young guy who has a vision, just I want to make sure everybody who's watching, please support Don Davis and, and uh, support not only uh, voting, but also supporting financial because Keeping his seat is very important because because we need somebody who could be legislated a lot of issues that all of us our neighborhoods need you know um, because of because he has somebody who's been there for many issues by himself and he's been walk to walk you know action by action you know so I want to appreciate it for your Don um, uh, Davis for your dedication for um, uh, reaching the community and staying touch and making an impact because a lot of people are a bit you know. So I want to thank you for that. I want to especially thank you for that, for you, thank for you. dedication, for that you're doing. But I want to ask no, no. you one thing. Um, this election is a critical. You know, this election yes. is, 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 is any, any other election. You know, um, um, especially, you know, folks are really looking at a tough ticket, but we have to make sure like up and down pilot, you know, the judge is important, the issues is important. So for you, um, um, if you're giving the message to the community, 
um, uh, get out the vote. That's what we do in this stuff. Make sure that the people are get out and voting uh, because the people are sitting at home and locked up watching um, um, this uh, forecast. But what you given for those who are sitting watching it tonight? Because this is a critical moment for economically, uh, healthcare issues, all the things that we all are talking about is, is up and um, down uh, as important. So what's your take on this uh, election yeah. 2020? You know, look, I, I think this election is, yeah, I don't want to use a generic point about, you know, this is the most important election of your of our lifetime, but it is. I will say that it is the most important election of our lifetime. But I think a better way of saying it is that we can display real power this election. We can show communities and neighborhoods that our voices um, can, 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 can transform the political landscape when we use it collectively. Um, I think this election also is a, a, a breaking point, um, as I say in a good way, but it, it's going to show the future voters, the future young people, that their time is now to step up and to begin to shape what they want to see in this nation and across this nation, and in particularly in Ohio. Um, I don't know if you saw, but the MSNBC and some other uh, uh, news outlets reported about the number of young people who are voting this year. And the numbers are, I mean, like, I think in Michigan, it was like in 2016, it was around 7,000 uh, voters. And then in 2020, it was like 241,000. I, I may be... That may be the wrong word, but it's very high. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. Like seven to like a hundred thousand. Like it was the numbers were obscene, right? In terms of the, the ranges. Yeah, right. And and I bring that up because what we're seeing is people are beginning to really recognize that their power can really do something, right? Can can shape who is sitting in the White House, who's sitting in the governor's mansion, who's sitting in the state rep seats who's sitting in the judges, judge in these judicial chambers, you know, what type of funding is dispersed across our communities, utilizing issue, using issue 24 as an example, right? People are beginning to see it, right? The question becomes, do we as a collective, as I'll say as black, brown people, as Somali community, what have you, mm -hmm. where is our voice? And if our voice is, you know, a part of the process, then, 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 Let's use it to shape what we want our communities to look like. Um, I think that's so important. And I, and I think that it's all about power, right? Yeah. And, and so this election really is going to showcase power in a real and distinct way. And I have high hopes about what the future is going to be, um, not just in Ohio, but across the nation on, after we get through Tuesday. Um, because I think people understand the magnitude of this moment. Um, there are people who are who are woke, who are ready, who are active, who are ready to use their power. Uh, the one thing I'll say is don't let the news, don't let social media, don't let anyone to stop you from utilizing your vote this election. Don't don't do it. Right. And, and you know, even the hoopla about who's a better president or who will be a better president. No use your power because there are so many positions that stake this election and it could be that you're one judge sentence away you're one 
you know, removal of dollars away, you're, you're one policy away from, from seeing the type of success you've always wanted versus yes. maybe getting into hardship. And so use your power to help shape the trajectory of Ohio, but also the trajectory of this country. Um, that is what I'll say. Use your power. Uh, we don't got a lot of, we don't got as many days left. Yep. Um, we got now to Tuesday. And, um, and, and I, just, I just hope and I implore you uh, to, to, to use your voice uh, to really transform our neighborhood because we need you and we need your voice. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead, uh, This is, uh, I, I just want to agree with everything Dan's Charles said. As I think we, this is the moment we can vote. Our voice matters. Yes. I want to say our community should, should, should empower themselves and go vote and make sure that um, our, this election matters. And as I also agree that um, this um, social media, what they're saying, I, why not, will not affect you or stop you to, to go and vote. Uh, please go vote and make sure that you're really helping your community. That's what I'm going to say. Thank you, Gab, for coming with us for our forum tonight. I'm really thankful, Burhan, too, as well, being a part of community engagement, you know what I mean? Thanks for everything, for Burhan. I just want to uh, add it, you know, the Black Food Matters, which is critical, you know, because um, uh, those issues that I look always is, is bottom up, you know, issues because, you know, those are impacting us day to day. Sometimes we miss the opportunity to look at what's impacted our county level, our city level, our uh, judiciary level. Those are the key points a lot of time is that impacting day to day uh, job that we're dealing with and community that we're dealing with. It's important, like uh, David said, you know, we have to empower and everybody give that voice right. that, you know, uh, voted. You know, I've been walking last, you know, few months and pushing uh, voting because the key is even uh, bottom up because a lot of people, they just look at the top tickets only. So you have to look at what's the day to day. All of us impacting is, is those are you look at it now, you know, and the county judges, you know, um, 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 uh, state legislation and all those things that those are surrounded by changing policy and, and impacts at all of us and, and especially you know um, our criminal system now you know we know a lot of uh, um, young uh, uh, people of color are dealing with prison pipelines so I want to also look in Dan Davis um, uh, why would our young people becoming a uh, pipeline for system or uh, criminalization much easier than any other ethnic groups, mm -hmm. you know, um, those things also, we have to cut those policies. So those are coming from the judges, you know, we electing them, uh, make sure that, you know, they're not uh, uh, arresting and giving a long sentence for the young guy who might be young in 1918 needs, you know, having multiple other issues dealing with. So those are coming from a bottom up policies and state policy and the judges as well. So I want to make sure that, you know, those are uh, being looking to uh, our policies, especially uh, conversation for young one. Uh, what's your thoughts on the young, how we can stop it in terms of empower our young boys and, and to make sure that, you know, uh, this conversation, we have to fight back and, and criminal justice system and all forever. Yeah, so, so I, I'll say that I think that that's, again, another multifaceted uh, conversation I'm happy to explore with a lot of people. Uh, one, I think, is opportunity. Um, we have to uh, increase the opportunities that are that are available in our neighborhoods. And I'll use one example. You know, I talked about this last, uh, yesterday around uh, robotics, so STEM. So one of the 
unique things about me in my life is that I had the opportunity uh, to be a part of a robotics team for four years and in high school. And it was the one thing that it shaped my, changed my life, right? Because it, it provided me one with to see a one a robot, a 120 pound robot for the first time and to know that I helped build that or program that or drive that, right? It's, it's like, it, it just opened the door to the type of opportunities that I had in front of me, right? A lot of, you know, STEM opportunities should not only exist based upon, you know, money, right? And because mind you, I was in a, you know, a lip from the Huff neighborhood of Cleveland, right? Uh, a poor neighborhood, uh, went to East Tech High School, um, a high school that with not a lot of resources, but we had public-private partnerships that supported the robotics program in my school, right? And I know that there are public-private partnerships that are available here in Columbus too, uh, to, to provide these types of same STEM-related opportunities for our young people. So it's about expanding the opportunities that are available to our young people. I also think you got to address inequities, right? Uh, whether it's in health healthcare inequities, whether it's school inequities, funding, school funding inequities, um, you know, whether it is uh, uh, gaps in the, 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 the type of resources our young people get for their mental health needs, right? You talk about issue 24, I'll bring that back up. You know, like, how do we make sure on the front end we're cre helping our young people stay well and not get to a point where that child, um, you know, as they, without getting the type of support they need, become, put, be put in a situation where they're ending up in the criminal justice system, right? So, you know, how do we really make sure that we are targeting funding uh, to really provide these types of social emotional supports for our young people so that they can stay well? Um, the last thing I'll say is that it is so important that we are innovative in our, you know, addressing the whole child, right? Um, yeah. You know, a lot of our young people are coming in you know, we're asking them to uh, uh, learn and be their best selves in school when all they have are dirty clothes or they haven't eaten in, in a day or the food that they eat or the food that they got from the cafeteria, right? Um, you know, we're asking them to do a lot when, you know, they've had dyslexia that's undiagnosed, mm -hmm. right? Like there are so many layers to this conversation um, and as a state representative, one of the things I want to do is peel back the onion and really address each part with the type of rigor and, and innovative spirit that it deserves. So how do we address the dyslexia in our young people? Um, I heard a, a, a stat, one, well, either one out of 10 or one out of five young people are dyslexic, right? Mm -hmm. How does that impact reading comprehension? How does that impact a child's you know, mental state of not being able to comprehend the letters on the page, right? We know that young, a lot of our young people, they go home hungry or they mm -hmm. come from a domestic violence situation or they don't have clean, clean clothes, right? So, so, so and what does that do? That leads to situations where the child may steal, you know, dishwasher detergent or laundry detergent, right? Now they're in a criminal justice system because they didn't have, in the beginning, they didn't have clean clothes to go to school. Right. They didn't want to get talked right. about, right? And so what I'm trying to address are issues that are, you know, really at, uh, at the, at the, you know, there are points of contention or points of struggle 
within our communities that when left without being resolved, only become bigger issues down the road, right? And so how do we do preventative strategies to support families, to support individuals, to support our young people so that we don't have them end up in the criminal justice system? And then on the criminal justice side, on, this, on, the, on the back end, how do we fix our criminal justice system so our young people aren't uh, 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 stigmatized and or racially biased in a, in a situation where they're more likely to end up in a criminal justice system or they're more likely to be over-sentenced or they're more likely to uh, not get rehabilitation or supports that they need, right? So there's both, it's a both and in my, my uh, uh, belief. We gotta fix the front end as much as we are fixing the criminal justice system so that our young people can, can, can be well and healthy and successful in their neighborhoods. Thank you, thank you. We are wrapping up uh, tonight's discussion with David Gerald, District of the Fifth. David, thank you, appreciate it uh, for your coming. And also, I just wanna say um, um, those issues uh, on the part of make sure you voted, issue 24, issue two, issue one, those are important for the locally. So make sure folks are hearing and voting. And also I have my little one here, Iman, to wanna say something. Say, Iman, what you gonna say? She was the one of the youngest when bank came, Muslim bank came in uh, four years ago, she was three and a half years old. She has a band to the airport and they put a newspaper, you know, uh, youngest and the oldest was my daughter's, you know, so she was the young. Oh. Now she wants to say something. What are you going to say, Iman, finally? Please vote. Your voice is important to this election. Vote for Joe, Joe Biden. Nice. Come on now, say that. Say that. Yeah, you got it. Say that. I love it. <laughs> I love it. She was fighting all that. She write it on and said, I want to say something. So finally, Don David, thank you. We'll call you and uh, we'll keep in touch. And uh, Saeed, thank you Absolutely. also hosting with me. Thank and Don David, we'll fight. We'll continue. We support you. Please vote in David Gerald, District 25th. Please touch it all the way down. Don David Gerald, thank you so much. I appreciate it for your uh, process. Thank you. We'll continue. Thank you. Appreciate thank you. you Always. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely.